1: Hello everybody and welcome along to Midweek Motorsport. It's just after 8 o'clock, it's quite a bit after 8 o'clock actually, in the UK. And uh, this is Series 13, episode number 6. I'm slightly confused uh, by the music this evening. I like it. Uh, however, if you'd been listening to us just a few moments ago, you would have heard uh, a little bit of I Don't Want to Talk About It, How You Brought My Heart. Um, and I can't remember why we were talking about that Nick why were we talking about that uh,
2: I don't know Everything's about the girls something that something that happened
3: in Birmingham
2: yes, it was a, I basically, uh, that you don't it, want to talk about more importantly it was a um, an affront to quality singing but I enjoyed it
1: and and Tim actually said if only I had a way of recording what was on prefit um, this music Tim is what uh, this
3: is Winter Games by David ah. Foster oh, I'm sure it is yes uh, that's David Foster yes Yes. Uh, okay. Which was used as the theme to the Winter Olympics by NBC in about 1988, I believe. How
2: right. many old discs of redundant theme songs do you have? All of them. <laughs>
3: he has all, all of them. them. <laughs> he uh, has all of them. And it's because someone on the collective suggested we should uh, have some uh, Winter Games uh, theme. So I got the Winter Games theme. Right. Uh, David... Before we get into anything else,
1: uh, let's do a bit of housekeeping. Davey Bruce. he's got his dad, who's visiting tonight, having a glass of wine or two. Looking forward to the show. Davey, good to have you and your dad in. Tonight, Alexander Orkin, no apologies for absence. Uh, listening with Chris tonight after a glorious chicken paella. And I think that's meant to be Alsatian, Pinot Gris. Um not spelt quite rightly uh, quite rightly quite correctly
2: Alsatian Pinot uh, from the
1: Alsace Greece Greece oh, right. Pinot Greece
2: not a small dog but a large dog bringing you your wine then yeah
1: well indeed that uh, RTL no AFAs listening from Switzerland Hop Suisse or Hop Schweiz depending on which part of the country you're from and uh, well what done if you're on the,
3: the Italian speaking part
1: or the so the Deutsch-speaking uh, part. Andy Kitney is uh, uh, having apologies for absence tonight, enjoying a large Arabic meal after catching some lovely summer warmth in Doha. Uh, and uh, he'll be catching the podcast while he flies back tomorrow. Well, it's today now, when you're listening to us, Alexander... Uh, sorry, Andy. Uh, good to know that you are on... Uh, on podcast anyway <laughs> uh, John McCarthy hello to you and to well everybody else Chris Humphreys is uh, AFA tonight he's working late this week so can't be on and uh, also to uh, Peter Croth who says Happy Valentine's Day everybody which is nice and meanwhile in Pyongyang no not where
3: no not it? Pyongyang Chang.
1: No, really, it would
3: have been much more interesting if it had been in Pyongyang, wouldn't it? Yes. Uh, also from the collective, John C. Osikowski says he's never heard a version of "I Fought the Law" (brackets and the law one close brackets) that he didn't like. Uh, so, <laughs> N- never heard us <laughs> Nick then. Nick Damon, could you uh, do a no, call no, no, of
2: no, scores? no, no? Let's no, not even do that. No, uh, I think even I realise that unless, unless I get into the, into the correct key, it's just going to very, 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 very much upset everybody. If you
1: ask me nicely. <laughs> We might get the cords for later on. I'm not normally shy, you know that. Congratulations
3: to the Dunks as well.
1: Oh yes, very much so. We have a new Midweek Motorsport collective member.
2: Well, hopefully she'll remember the correct order of tea. Poppy Isabel. I mean, obviously, when we're we're fading her in, five years, six years? Poppy Isabel. Yes, congratulations to uh, Paul and Helen. Fantastic.
3: And also has some forthcoming programme news as well. Oh, Oh, really? really? Go on then. Uh, if you uh, haven't heard the WC Entries announcement show, which was last Friday. Why haven't you? Why haven't you? But the podcast is there, so you can go and listen to that. Mm. Uh, WEC season preview will mm. be over on RS3, because that's where we do WEC yes. stuff, at 8 p.m. Yeah. on uh, I was about August. To say August. April the 25th. Right. Okay, we better get that organised, and haven't we? Now, some of you may notice that that clashes with an episode of Midweek Motorsport, but you'll just have to choose between them. No no no, 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 no. Toyota won't take part otherwise. Oh, very good. Right, very funny. Um, if we I play will the jingle. Yeah, do it.
0: All the latest motorsport news from around the world. Midweek Motorsport.
1: I'm just laughing at what we've had from. Um, the responsible adult remember the birth of Poopy Dunk <laughs> I'm sure she really she, is at the she moment. will be for yes. a few weeks yeah it's a
4: got,
3: for quite You're a
2: while now she's home already she was born about 12 hours ago they, they get him out quick now don't they
3: indeed waiting so waiting lists
2: no overnight stays
1: mm. oh it's just D&G um, I fought the law so it's dead easy
2: right Okay. Right. Well, we'll, we'll close on that right. 10 minutes after we finish the show
1: I'll I'll get a better version of that. Anyway, moving on. uh, On tonight's show, we have what on a packed show tonight, Tim? We have what? Sorry,
3: we're we're way past that. You want to ask me (laughs) to shuffle my papers now? Will
1: you shuffle your papers then, Tim. And what's the top story, Tim? Uh, By
3: the way, the original version was the Bobby Fuller Four of "I Fought the Law." Actually, the the original version was the cricket Mm, after the death of Buddy Holly. Really? Yes. Oh, sad. Are you sure? Yes. It was written by uh, Sonny Curtis. Who was oh, Buddy replacement? Up, he? he has looked that up. I always thought it was the Bobby Fuller 4. Anyway,
1: uh, what's your top story tonight? It's
3: been popular by the Bobby Fuller 4. They, they right. turned it into a hit. Okay. Uh, the cricket's version was quite country. Okay, moving on. Uh, moving on. Special day today, isn't it? It is, always. St Valentine's, Valentine's Day. And we have some St Valentine's Day news. Do really? we? Yes.
2: Go on then, who's in love?
3: I'm not sure who's in love. Oh, okay. Uh, but reigning British GT champion Seth Morris made an appearance on the constructed reality show Celebs Go Dating. Oh, yes,
1: this is Did right. he? That's, That's embarrassing, out, isn't it? To
3: find like... out where he's going wrong with the opposite sex. Oh. Well, going on a dating show, first of all, is the first thing he's done wrong. Thanks to the power of social media. Me, uh, he now knows that when you're on a first date, it's not a good idea to leave the table and go and chat to your ex, who just happens to be sitting two tables away, particularly if she's also on a date, clearly still in love with you, however tr- hard she tries to deny it. That I'm sorry, Seb. Just
1: desperate, mate. That's very, very desperate. You're a racing driver. That's just desperate and pathetic.
2: Well, He's no, a single it's, racing it's, driver. It's exposure, desperate and pathetic uh,
3: racing uh, driver,
1: I would say. You see Smacks of it.
2: Reality TV, it's the zeitgeist now. What I did like though was that Tim, being a, a working for a TV company, had constructed reality. It's not actual real. It's constructed. It's a script.
1: Oh yes, absolutely.
2: I don't really believe it. But I, I, I'm was that a Channel Five or an ITV program?
3: That's a Channel Four program. Channel 4. I, will, really? I will
2: have to watch that now because it just sounds um, like car crash television. Said <laughs> 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 Morris in car crash television.
3: Music news next.
2: Oh, we got really excellent. About, okay. It's that on. time
3: of year when circuits start announcing which music stars will be performing <sighs> concerts at their Formula 1 races. Okay, go for it. This week it's a turn of Baku in Azerbaijan.
2: Is it going to be Don't
3: um, don't don't guess. Okay. Cuz I'm going to say Diana Ross, Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. and Jules Holland.
2: Are really? all not appearing in Baku?
3: <laughs> Are among the musicians who previously collaborated with the first act to be unveiled. How <laughs>
1: oh, very funny.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Is it. Give me an age range.
3: He likes hats.
2: Oh, it's Jamiroquai.
3: It's Jamiroquai. Oh, good. Very good. Uh, in a change from previous race weekends, this year's concerts will be staged at Baku's famous Crystal Hall.
2: Is that where the, is that where the um, Eurovision Song Contest was?
3: Uh, it may well be, yeah. That's the
2: only thing I really knew about Baku apart from the Grand Prix. Uh,
3: and all Formula One ticket holders will have free access to the concerts and a free bus trip to get the short journey from the city circuit to the Crystal Hall. Well,
2: that's marvellous. Because they get lost, of course, be the Crystal Maze, will not it?
1: This is a 30 second game <laughs> from the very moment I close the door and automatically lock in. Ah, uh, Richard O'Brien. Yes, magnificent.
2: So that, uh,
1: I'm very disappointed that ultimateguitar.com have changed their format, and now I can't transpose on there. Which, by gosh, I need. No, I'm very, <laughs> very. Oh no, I can. i oh, sorry, I've just seen it there. Plus That's
2: one. fine.
3: You, yeah. you need you need to make it into the key of Nick.
2: Which is a very narrow band. And it's a very um, odd key. It's a very narrow band, and even when it's there, it ain't that much good.
3: Moving on. Uh, uh, we're going to stay in turn. Baku, in fact. Are we? Baku? Are we? Yeah. So,
2: basically, in the words of Morgan Mindy, Baku, Baku. Mm.
3: Uh, Nick Damon's our Formula One correspondent. Hooray! Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Baku may not want Formula One for much longer.
2: Really? Why does not? anybody
3: want Formula One for much longer?
2: Yes, everyone does. All it's right. the best. All okay. right, lovely. Thank you. Editorially. <laughs> uh, what, is their contract up for renewal? Because it's year three they're about to start, aren't they?
3: It is, and uh, they they want a better deal out of liberty.
2: But, hang on, they, they just paid vast amounts of cash to be pretend to be part of Europe, uh, and they were or typical um, oil-rich or mineral-rich um, uh, dictatorship who was using it for PR, so they have to pay the money for their That's the, the dictator PR premium they're paying. Yeah, I'm not sure if you've written down the contract that way.
3: I'm pretty sure that's not in Cause the Because they contract.
2: are paying an absolute shed load, aren't they? And they're paying like £80 million each year for it. And they have to rearrange the town. And dress it up. Mm. Yes, put up fake hoarding, uh, fake kind of... Facades. Thank you. Well, Literally, it's well facade. Done with, well done with the correct word there, John. Why
3: <laughs> do they need facades?
2: Because So it, they can't
3: see the buildings behind Some of the them. buildings
2: are ugly, so they put up sort of facades that make them more like, like like they're not like Georgian buildings. I see. Do you not know that? That's I know, not, I know they do the, have John's, small things to John isn't making this up. This is a fact.
1: And it's not done by um, clever post production television nonsense. No, They're actually string, string up, bits it's just, of. It's
2: done yeah. by um, the stu- people who would do a, a set designer, that's all. Mm.
1: It's proper old fashioned movie stuff.
2: It's real three dimensional actual mm. canvas, probably. M-
1: magnificent. Mm.
3: Moving on. they have a travelling mat?
1: I don't know. And Matt doesn't travel that much nowadays, does he? No, he's,
2: he's, he's working.
3: Uh, well, do you know what's starting to annoy me? Everything.
2: <laughs> Blimey, uh, the weather unexploded in,
3: in, bombs in Formula
2: 1 unexploded bombs at unexploded City
3: unexploded ordnance almost ruined my trip yes I know okay that
2: you got, you, you, yeah you got one day later I've just
3: had I've just had the
1: responsibility of unusually hinding <laughs> no, not I'm, making it up
2: yeah exactly <laughs> uh, thank you both, boss both me and your wife are a bit surprised about that um, what's annoying you about F1 because there's so many minor things it could be it could be anything major cause it's, it's the most marvellous series oh right everyone go about how amazingly difficult it is and how it's going to be so strong and everything
3: It's everyone using double-decker bus analogies. Ah.
2: Are they using double-decker bus analogies in Italy?
3: No, they're not talking about the Halo in Italy. Oh, okay. Ferrari have managed to string together uh, several press releases in a row without mentioning the Halo.
2: Everyone mentions the Halo. If you look at uh, what will happen in every single car launch at some point, they'll say, it's been a real struggle incorporating the Halo. Um, it has to support a huge amount of weight, double-decker bus in the UK, uh, 4C Nubian Elephant, pass um, it'll be three or four Floridians, you know, that sort of thing. And um, what, the, what, what, what they'll go, oh yeah, it's terrible, very strong, and a different aerodynamics, and then they'll whitter on for ages, and, and then they go, but it's the same for everybody! Yeah, exactly, it's pointless. It, 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 it's there, you don't need to talk about it. Because nothing... You... How you broke my heart. Yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> But that's where it. because it's different, and you can see it. We're going to hear no end about the blimmin' Halo, and going Doesn't matter. It's yeah. all right. Your Cog's got up. Same for everybody. It's heavy. Same for everybody. It's got to be strong. Same for everybody. Carry on. Move on. Who
3: does Fernando Alonso want to win the 2018 Formula One Drivers Him. Championship?
2: Fernando Alonso, I think.
3: He doesn't. No, he does. Uh,
2: Stoffel van Dorn then.
3: Stoffel van Dorn was his first choice. Really. So they then asked him for mm. someone who's not in the same team as him.
2: Right, this is really in-depth questioning. What did you say?
3: Carlos Science. Did he? he yeah, Spanish. You
2: see, is he sticking with the country? Do you have a
3: hero? Do we really adore her? <laughs>
2: um, okay, but
1: why?
3: Because he's Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. Ah, uh,
2: yes, it's OK. Sticking with the... It's the, uh, the, very good, but, but he starts with his team loyalty, then his nationality loyalty. It's a bit like the
1: Eurovision Song Contest Basically, here, they're isn't they're it?
2: Basically, themselves, yeah.
1: Then is it Portugal after that?
2: They're not Portugal, that, but the winner of last year was a fabulous song. And the guy... No, no,
1: but if 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 Fernando can't go for a Spaniard, does he then have to go for Portugal? Well,
2: definitely, he comes from... Or very, does he go to South he, America? No, he comes from the very, very northern part of, of Spain. Ooh, almost to sort of the border from... Uh, the border from uh, France he might actually have French votes next so I'm, it might be Grosjean next I'm,
1: I'm being told by the responsible he meant Saint Senior not Junior
2: well, well enough, really, this that's
1: year. very good very
3: good mm. uh, who thinks uh, that the Red Bull has a chance of winning the championship Max Dietrich Max he Sturman. probably does and so does he but the actual answer I was looking for was uh, Daniel Ricciardo
2: a Literally, if you give me three seconds more, I would have said Danny Rigardo.
3: Yes.
2: It's just... Again, this is the wonderful world of nothing's happening. We, well, obviously, we had our first virtual launch this evening, but even that did you? Real. The Haas team virtually launched their car. That's how They actually yeah. launched it in virtual form. But nothing's happening. So the, the, these ridiculous syndicated stroke local newspaper interviews are getting like made out to be the most important thing ever.
1: Oh, the Bolton Evening News, then? Yeah,
2: it's like, you know, the Chatham and and Gillingham News asking... Oh, I don't know, Lando Norris, what he feels about the future of his dri- driving and how Kent comes into it. It's the same thing. It's like no one's really bothered. And then in...
1: Lando Norris, who once drove through Kent,
2: exactly, yeah. Who once
3: placed at Brands Hatch in yes, Kent. Yes, in Kent. You know, yes, exactly. Uh, well, Lando, Lando Norris,
2: what is which is your favourite Channel port? And he'll probably say Dover. And then it, 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 that he raced in Kent. You know, he'll say, say I like Dover. And that certain website would go Lando Norris snubs Folkestone. Ah, very good point. And that's what happened.
1: Lando Norris, whose career was built in Kent,
2: yes, off the back of many good results in the fair county, because mm. he's the guard of England, one of his happy hunting grounds.
1: Yes, very good. Oh, <laughs> like, see, you've got you've got a future as an editor of a local <laughs> newspaper. I have a
2: future in nothing, I can tell you.
3: <laughs> Press Association are currently trialling automated <laughs> news writing, where. Um, they just feed facts into a computer and it writes stories without needing actual journalists. And I think Nick is a, a good uh, example of what will happen when that...
1: I when think quite a lot of more spot news sites <laughs> uh, <laughs> do that, don't <laughs> they?
2: I was about to say, that's happening now.
1: I think that's happening now.
2: I think, I think, apparently, it's under the guise of bad translation, but I think it's. there's a few things that don't make any sense when you read them the first time, not then the second time.
3: Yeah, absolutely right. So, Haas has launched its car.
2: Yes, mm. no, it hasn't. N-
3: no. Its livery?
2: No. It's just showed some renderings.
3: Of its, its not livery?
2: Actually, not. See, the car. Render- when people say renderings, I always think of the outside Revolts. of buildings. Oh, yes, because we're too old. <laughs> I think of an abattoir. Oh! Oh, very good! So, none of us are thinking of uh, graphical representations of a physical being then? Hmm. Um, yeah, the, the is the if livery. Dan Hounsell's
3: listening, he might be thinking of... Uh...
2: Well, that's true. They have launched livery, which is true. Um, it's. How more... can you
1: launch a livery?
2: Well, there's enough of that going on, mate. All no. right, OK. Because um, the there's good, nothing and the else good, new. Let me, let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you this question to um, John, because you can't see the pictures. All right. How many years in F1 have has been now? What season is this? Is Season uh, number... Three. Excellent. And I want you to name... Um, the total number of non-HAS sponsors on the car representing America.
1: Uh, Two.
2: Yes. But are they uh, actual sponsors or are they Contras? They're Contras. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of them... Not
1: Iran Contra, no. obviously, because that would get them in front no. of a Senate committee.
2: One of them is the watch or manufacturer who sponsors everybody but sells no watches and is now president of the uh, Commission for Endurance, Richard Meal. Richard Meal. I don't know how... Uh if you buy a Richard Mill watch which is obviously very expensive
1: 120 million pounds they because are it must be
2: because literally they only sell about 9 Seven. watches and Seven sponsor a year. every single racing car in the world and some yachts well yeah, is that the same as BWT though Nothing who, to say was that.
1: Who don't sell enough...
2: Let me put this out to you. Do you, know, do you know what to say with
1: PWT? What? Nothing.
2: Late, late 80s pasta manufacturers. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Um, before we get into trouble with the
1: responsible adult, uh, this from... I think I'm uh, vague
2: enough there. <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: Alex, uh, Alan Prosser has just tweeted in at Entertainment and says, I think Azerbaijan are missing a trick in the Formula 1 by covering their buildings. Why not cover them in light speed Star, the missile-run bomb... Uh, <laughs> Down the tube from Star Wars on boards would look absolutely fantastic.
2: Yeah, that is a
1: brilliant how idea. How good would Lando be at that? He'd be brilliant <laughs> at that. And what's more, you could sort of, you know, Lucasfilm could sponsor it. It's a good, uh, that is a brilliant idea of having them running down. That would be, I love Wars it. Film every year. I love um,
2: it. Yeah, the, the other sponsor that uh, is showing up on uh, uh, the is and Alpenstars a um, hey.
1: uh, Jack Jones is on the rear wing, which is a. Uh, is
2: it? Yeah, which is a credit special
1: care sponsor.
2: Isn't that a clothing mag? So I
1: refuse to call him K Mag because he is special care. Is he?
2: Yeah, for me. Always. Thank something.
3: you, Trandy Blackmore, for that. Our livery guru who I spotted can't that see already. That. Maybe it's not on the rendering. Ah.
2: Uh, Maybe
3: it's been not made on the outside of the building. No. We're back to the outside of the building again.
2: Anyway, they have I'm going to get the guitar They're, in a minute. They are the whole of America. Rear face
3: of rear, rear wing.
2: wing. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Um, they, are the whole, they have the whole of America to sponsor them, and America isn't bothering. Basically. I'm not having a go at America. No, 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 no,
1: I realise that, and so does America.
3: Okay. They've uh, just tweeted to let me know all of America.
2: Yeah. Well, Moving right, on.
3: What's uh, Max shown us uh, this week?
2: His helmet. His helmet. <laughs> Do you like it? <laughs> to be honest... Um, Again, this falls under the... the,
1: There's nothing going on. There's nothing
2: going on news again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Max Slappen has redesigned his helmet, and um, we are supposed to be bothered one way or the other about what colour helmet he has, and I'm not. Mm. I cannot raise an interest of his helmet.
1: HJC have done a fantastic range of Star Wars-inspired helmet designs. Really? Yes.
2: I want a Sheba flip front, but let's keep going. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't. I do. No, really, you don't. No.
3: <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on to Formula 2. I want an HGC mm.
2: um,
1: Rebellion uh, Pilot's Helmet to ride my BMW with. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they are fantastic, and they're not a silly money. But they do a whole... F- HGSC, and if I keep mentioning that, somebody is going to tell them. Um, they do
2: a fantastic Who's range Who is that again? HSC Is it a fantastic range of Star Wars-inspired helmets? Yeah, by again? HJC. Okay. Yeah.
3: And they're very good helmets as well. We core was a venue for the first shakedown test of the new Formula 2 car. Oh,
2: who was doing that? Uh,
3: several teams were taking part. Oh, right. Wasn't, it, the wasn't first like one bloke then? No, no, no. The first uh, team on track was Dams. Oh, Yes, and then later on, uh, ART, Carlin, uh, so had a go, Campos, basically. Trident, Prima Power Team, uh, and Russian Time, uh, and Chirouz, and Arden all took part.
2: Basically, you just slowly named all the teams in the championship. Mm. I
3: have, yes.
2: Nick's decided he likes the
1: Boba Fett itch, GC. <sighs>
3: Among itch the GC. drivers, okay. uh, Lando Norris, Jack Aitken, George Russell... Yep. Santino Frucci, Luca Giotto, Nick de Vries, Charles Leclerc wasn't there. Tis I? It does sound no. like a
2: better quality this year than last year. I uh, know Charles Leclerc,
3: really Martin good. Mark Lof, Louis de la Traz and uh, Nirai Fukuzumi. Ooh.
2: Okay. Uh, can we talk about DTM? Yes. Yes. The last Please. year of Mercedes in DTM.
3: And uh, who's going to be one of those dis- Mercedes drivers? Um...
2: Anyone Having been a Paul's Formula Rester? One driver in the past, oh Pascal, Pascal, Pascal Verline, yeah, Pascal on me head, Verline, on me upside down, mate. on me head, mate, upside down, I got a car. that's good. Mm-hmm. Oh dear, it's gone. Gary
3: paffitt has been talking about Pascal.
2: Has he been complaining?
3: No, <laughs> he's been saying that uh, coming back to uh, DTM will make him a more complete driver.
2: I, I don't think that's true,
3: given that Verline is already a former DTM champion.
2: Is he? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. yes. missed that? Yes. That's snooze and miss that? One, two and a half, two. Oh, he, it yeah. He is.
3: doesn't get a lot of publicity. No. Um. Does he need to be more complete? If he's no, he needs to be more is liked. Champion? That's
2: his problem. He appears. He's, he appears for some reason. He's not particularly liked by the teams he drives for. Um. And therefore, he doesn't get the nod. He seems to have a a whether it's true or not. He doesn't have the the. Impression, he's a little bit awkward, a little bit fresh, I think mm. you'll find, and uh, people are not that keen on taking him, despite the vast amounts of uh, Mercedes cash, mm. so uh, I think that Pascal is um, on a very short uh, rope to uh, to Nowheresville, as far as F1's concerned, so he's going to start concentrating on something else. Mm.
3: Talking heads reference from Nick. Thank okay. uh, you. Who else, are, apart, apart that, from Gary Paffett, no. Paffett, will be uh, his teammates this year? Daniel
2: Juncadella. Yes. Um, Duresta. Yes. Uh, yeah, f- f- I don't know. Who else?
3: Famous nephew.
2: Oh, Lucas Hour.
3: Yeah. And. <laughs> very uh, good.
1: Very
2: good. Straight <laughs> off the <laughs> bat there, without
3: even recourse to the internet. Well done. done. Or even asking whose nephew. <laughs> yes, uh, very good. And, uh, driver Fair who's been hanging head. around in DTM forever.
2: Doesn't narrow it down even slightly. Uh,.
3: Eduardo Mortale. Ah,
2: yes, he's doing F- F- Formula E now, isn't he?
3: No. Well, he might be, but he's still doing DTM. Yeah, he's All doing right. Formula E as well. He's doing Formula E as well.
2: Form-lia. Formula E.
3: Formula E. Formula Engel is doing Formula E, and he's no longer doing DTM. Mm.
2: Yes, so uh, DTM is uh, having its last year of three manufacturers for the time being. Perhaps. Oh, you think they're going to come back? Can't say.
3: <laughs> Someone else will come back, Surely. Really? No.
1: My, I... I. There are a lot of people who seem to be rather too happy about the demise of, of DTM.
2: I'm not happy about it.
1: No, no, I, I'm not saying it's unique. I I'm, I'm saying there are an awful lot of people, or rather too many people in my liking... My liking who seem to be rather too smug and happy about the imminent demise of DTA. you talk about
2: the world's smuggest race organiser, Alejandro or Agag? No, 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 no. not. he's very at smug
1: at the moment. He has no right to be. He's very smug. Mm.
2: Is he a <laughs> race organiser or
3: just a championship organiser? No, I'm
1: just well, to. yes, good point. I think you'll find the championship any, any anywhere. Anyway, um, and I... I have a strong suspicion that we've not heard the last of DTM by any stretch of the imagination. Whether it looks the same in years to come, I don't know. It's a bit it like. Will, it
3: will be back. It'll just not be racing in Germany or with cars or with drivers.
1: No, no. I, it might not be touring cars and it might not be in Germany. But it's a bit like saying. Um, so just
3: called
2: Just because the car championship. <laughs>
3: The championship, Meisterschaft.
2: The championship, Meisterschaft. Is ch- no, I mean, that's just—we've already got the championship. It's a selection of teams, yours
1: included. Well, for the moment, yeah. only for a while. Uh, it's a bit like seeing Virgin Australia supercars. Is because there's no cars being built in Australia anymore. That's going to die. It's not going to happen. Is going called Virgin Imported supercars. Uh, They've be been st-
3: imported for a while. I
1: mean, there, it, it's it's the same argument. There are. There are too many interested parties to let those championships disappear. It would be like saying that Super GT is going to die because it's a Wednesday. But and, there are lots of manufacturers
3: involved in Super GT. Whereas yes, you've only got two in DTM.
1: It costs them about the same. And can we move thi-
3: on to bikes now? Yes,
1: we can move on yes. to bikes. Please uh, because the
3: bike season's about to start.
2: My bike season never ends. What, well, the World Superbikes? Yes. In 10 days' time. Really? Yes. Out at Phillip Island. Oh. And our friend's going, isn't he? Okay. Ben. Who? Ben.
3: Who is ben. unhappy What's with the regulations?
2: Everybody. Uh, well, uh, Kawasaki. Johnny Ray. And s- specifically
3: Johnny Ray. Johnny Ray, yes. What
2: have they done? To do they, 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 they've really held them back, have they? Uh,
3: he he s- uh, described them as using the wrong philosophy.
2: <laughs> right. what, what is John it, Stuart is Mill it, rather than Plato is it the philosophy of if your bike starts with a K you're only allowed one wheel
3: <laughs> uh, no engine development
2: that's fair enough
3: adjustable rev limits ah
2: uh, B.O.P they mm. they're mm. B.O.Ping them
3: they are
2: they're trying to get Ducati to win oh didn't <laughs> I should no, have not, said that should not, I
3: not because uh, Ducati uh apparently equally unhappy
2: no, they're, they're saying they're unhappy. If, if if you're having BOP, they're never going to BOP up the current champion. So the current champions are always going to lose out out of a BOP. That is just how it works. They'll be trying to get Honda back in the back in the fight again because obviously Kawasaki um, could win races um, at the tr- correct tracks, and they'll be trying to just ease back Kawasaki. It's just um they yeah they, 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 the the who is it the the actual man, runner of the whole. Do you know who actually the technical? Do you know who the technical delegate for uh, well super bikes is? Go on, Scott Smart. Yeah. So, I've got his phone number somewhere.
1: <laughs> so have I.
2: It'd be interesting to get him. What on are you the,
1: doing in your spare time? Is nothing to do. No, with No, I
2: mean us. seriously, we should get we should get him on. All right, because Let's do he's it. a good guy and he's he, he obviously has raced and he's um, you know he's. And of. he
3: never says no to a media appearance, <laughs> ever.
2: <laughs> so there we are. So uh, yeah. Barry Sheen's nephew and oh, his dad's name, Paul Smart, who is famous in Ducati circles, as he won the ML 200. I'm being a bit spoiling now, aren't I? Mm. What does
3: Marco Melandri think?
2: Uh, he's on Ducati. He probably thinks, I don't mind. I think I have to do whatever happened. I try a win.
3: <laughs> he actually said uh, changing the regulations every year is not the best way to improve the show.
2: Don't
4: disagree got with got that. A
2: point, But when, the, when they feel it's been skewed by, I think, unfortunately, it's been skewed by a... Perfect storm. Johnny Ray being blooming good, and the cows like he's also been pretty good. Um, they obviously don't want a situation like last year when it was just ridiculous how much ahead Johnny was. So they're, they're going to try and rein them back. And it's yeah, you, you could say it's not fair. And in pure sporting terms, it's absolutely right. It's not fair. But of course, as we know, most most championships have to have an element of entertainment in them now. Hmm.
3: Uh, what's going to happen uh, to uh, Manicor's round of uh, World Superbikes?
2: It's going to be extended by three weeks. Um, they haven't canceled. I like Manicor.
3: Three weeks?
2: I'm just joking. They're going to move it, are they?
3: No, it's going to be extended until 2022.
2: Oh, right. So they're having, all right sorry, they, they, they're, they're going to have three or four more of them. Yes. It's good. is a great track. It's just in, in the wrong place. It's a really, really good circuit, Manicore, It's really nice. The infrastructure's really good. It's just... It's just in the definition of the middle of nowhere
3: and before we disappear to uh, sports cars uh, (coughs) one more Johnny Ray point what did he reveal on uh, the BBC last week
1: he watches ITV a lot so
3: that's a very UK thing Uh,
2: he's got a new dog
3: Something about motorbikes.
2: He likes them. He hasn't got, he hasn't got a road licence.
3: He does not have a licence.
2: No, I knew this already. I knew he hasn't got a road licence. Most most, most bike racing riders, bikes don't have road licence because they are too
1: dangerous. I've told this story before. Every time I've interviewed a motorcycle racer and said, what do you ride on the road? I'm, no, no, mate. I don't ride on the road. That's bonkers. And I look <laughs> at them and they go, oh, you ride, don't you? Yes, I have a BMW 1600 GT or whatever I had in the past. And do you ride that? Yes, I ride all the way around. You're mad, you. No, no, no. You're mad. I've seen what you do on the track. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's fine. But riding on the road with taxis and cars and Polish lorry drivers, that's just (laughs) bongers. Other lorry
2: driver nationalities are available.
3: And and almost as bad if they're on the left hand side (laughs) of the car.
2: Anyone who's not in our
1: country, yeah. It's not their fault.
3: Moving on. (laughs) Uh, sports car time. do we have Graham Goodwin of DailySportsCar.com.
1: If I push up this feeder here at Hind of Towers, I should be able to say hello to Graham in the shed. Hello, Graham. It's not a shed. You haven't <laughs> said that for ages, which is why I needed you to say Good evening, here sir. How go. are you?
5: I'm good. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever you are in the world. I'm absolutely fine, thank you. Uh,
1: just about digesting the uh, announcements from, from last week, uh, Friday... You and I were together on the radio uh, watching the WEC and Le Mans uh, announcements coming through from Retromobile at Paris. A couple of interesting things. I uh, encourage people who haven't uh, seen or heard it to go back there. We were reacting to that live, although... I. I have to say I'm very impressed because you nailed pretty much all the stuff that was coming through and we even got the the Dr. Ulrich advisory role without being even hinted <laughs> o- I, I on that. that was
5: your, I think that was you John, you you actually, that, that was that was your rabbit out the hat without a shadow of a doubt the worst though were there not several surprises and uh, not all of them pleasant ones for people mm. involved
1: um, uh, just a couple of things now that the dust has has settled we've had uh notes today from gibson that they're going to be supplying engines to a couple of people in wec well yep this was the the last um uh
5: the last piece, piece of the, of the, the jigsaw, jigsaw yeah. for lmp1 first and foremost great news that it is 10 cars for lmp1 yeah a re- a rebirth in no small order and you know well done for to the aco for actually throwing that dice and and it, it's come up double six for them hasn't it so yes Massively. gibson engines for the new uh orica designed and built rebellion r13s we already knew the gibson engine was going to be in the back of the br1 for dragon speed uh, so we can say there are going to be 10 cars john and we can still say that no team has chosen the same combination of
1: chassis and engine magnificent which is, is it's magnificent. It's exactly what we love about endurance racing um, in terms of the variety. Um, I, I asked you this question at the time, and I, I'll, I'll say it again now. Um, are we at the situation now where the calls for DPI at Le Mans are dead? There's no need, is there? Well, And I'm not I being think... nasty when I no, say no, that, no, there's no, just no so... need.
5: It's a perfectly relevant question, particularly in the current environment. The answer, certainly for the next year or two, is yes. Uh, it's exactly where we are. There are enough LMP2s and LMP1s. If all things being equal, and this goes through to 2019 in the same good or, or same good order, um, that we don't need that. What we need to be looking at now is whether or not there is a middle way. Um, terribly sorry, that sounded terribly like Tony Blair. Um, whether <laughs> there is a middle way towards getting
1: him. Ah, yes, there's a third way.
5: Absolutely. And, and uh, that's almost Tony Blair, um, and WC together for whatever the top class brings when we get into 2020, 2021, because mm. I do think there's an opportunity here. Now there, you know, um, at the moment, it's slightly distressing to see the tone of some of the commentary around, mm. which implies that you've got, because of what's happened with the calendar and Fuji, oh, you know that that implies that in some way that WEC and IMSA are at loggerheads. Well, not look, true. It, it's not true. I think the re- the reality is: have there been difficult moments there? Of course, there have. But does that mean that you've got people communicating through shouting? No. Actually, what we've got are two governing bodies that see both of them. There is an opportunity here. Can they make it work? That is a really difficult one to pull off. Well, and in they're, fairness, give it a damn good go.
1: Yeah, exactly. And in fairness, IMSA responded immediately when we asked them on Friday um, about um, uh, the issue of the WEC moving. In fairness, I don't think it was helped by some statements from the WEC. I'm, I'm sorry, I love Gerard dearly. But I think his statement that IMSA will have to move, they've done it before, they'll have to do it again, and I'm only slightly paraphrasing that, I don't think that was helpful because I don't think that accurately reflected the, the situation. Um, Imza came out and said, We were asked, we've looked at it, it can't be done at this yeah. stage. Our season is already underway, we've got TV contracts, we've got an end of season banquet, etc., etc. And, you know, I, I think that's reasonable think
5: I think, uh, I think the, the, the paraphrasing maybe took it I think what he said was to ask whether they could I think the reality is this is a really tricky one um, there's a lot of people I know work with and like tremendously that are directly and negatively affected by that move, mm. and that is not great in any way shape or form. There is one big missing piece and I'll come to that in a moment mm. um, that said. You, John, and I are both directors of companies. Mm -hmm. You and I both know that decisions sometimes have to be made in the interest of those companies that perhaps sometimes rubbers up the wrong way. Yeah. But it's in the interest of the companies. With that mindset, and only with that mindset, I find it almost impossible to disagree with a decision that's been made. Everything else about it, I can have a sense of fair play. You know, thinking about it from the point of view of the dozen or more drivers plus everybody else involved, including me, including ourselves that are involved in this, put all that into play. And of course, that balance tips a different way. But in terms of look, looking at it from the point of view of what is best for the product for which they are responsible, there is zero doubt in my mind they have made the correct decision. And before we go any further, by the way, there are people out there that are pointing the finger of blame here. At one guy, and that is Fernando Alonso. We have no proof no. whatsoever that he ever asked for this.
1: No, the only thing that I would say about this, in a negative way anyway, and I don't disagree with anything you said, I agreed with you when we did the show, I agree with you now, is I think the ACO and Le Mans Endurance Management, Gerard Nouveau's company that, that looks after the WAC, have been put in a difficult position. Um, and Toyota as well, to a certain extent, because they've employed uh, uh, Fernando Alonso beyond the end of his current contract in Formula 1, and we don't know what he's going to be doing next year in Formula 1, and whether he's got a future in Formula 1. So in some ways, Toyota should have a little bit of sway with what Fernando does. Yes, this year, they've got to defer to um, McLaren-Renault, but next year, possibly not. And, and, And bear in mind that the FIA season, the FAWE season goes into two years. However, what I would say, and I'll bring Nick in on this, is it was fine for Fernando to miss, hang on a second, Monaco, one of the biggest Grand Prix in the world, as far as PR and promotions is concerned, to go and do Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. But it's not all right to miss the US Grand Prix, a market that Renault is not involved in, a mclaren yeah, right. Are they going to win it? Uh, no, because he goes off and works with a team who are giving him his future.
2: No, I mean, the, the point about it is the reason that he ended up skipping uh, Monaco, because the car was already terrible. And they knew that the car was terrible from before it was launched, if you watch the very good documentary on Amazon at the moment. Um, so it was a way of keeping him sweet. The fact is, at this point, they've got him for another year. They're under the impression the car will be much better. So they're certainly not going to predict that come uh, next October of the race is that he's he's gonna be in a situation where he's gonna be upset so they they're not gonna release him He's not but he's advance. not in the ch- in with a chance of the championship, is he? he? Who No car none of the cars are turn the wheel yet, John. It's extremely unlikely I'm
1: I'm going to say now and I'm gonna put my head on the block and shoot me down in a ball of flame if I'm proved to be wrong that the McLaren Renault will not be in the chance with a championship. I'm not hearing any gains I
5: uh, okay, okay. All I'd say is this, John, I don't disagree with you, but the reality is if out of the box the thing the thing, kind of turned heads, <laughs> they they do, they do not want to be in the position where they're on the back foot.
4: Yeah, well, really, yes, that's, this is a, that's an true.
5: extraordinary set of circumstances, and I would add just this. And I'd look at it for, for a moment, not from the WC's point of view, actually, although marginally it comes that way, But from Toyota's point of view, Mm. they are the only factory team. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have been unremittingly loyal to the WEC. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you and I have debated before now that we probably wouldn't have had a WEC had they not stepped up in year one after Peugeot stepped down. Absolutely. So they're sort of owed one, it's got to be said. However, look at it this way at the moment, as things stand, if Toyota win any other race than Le Mans, it's not news. Because everybody expects them to do it. The only way it's news is if Fernando
1: Alonso is part of that team. Well, and wins the championship. Well, yes, I think, you know, you've got... And that's my point here. Toyota and the WEC are giving Fernando Alonso... okay, he's twice a world champion in Formula One. They're giving him the opportunity to win a unique double in terms of FIA world championships. Yes, And he's not going to win the Formula One World Championship again this year. And frankly, he's already done that twice anyway. So, meh, in fact. So they're giving him a chance to, A, get another leg of the Triple Crown and, B, win a unique double. Then, honestly, I've got to say, I think Fernando and McLaren should be a little more magnanimous to that. I don't think it's Toyota's fault, I don't think it's ACO's fault, and I don't think it's the WEC's fault. As I said in a tweet earlier this week, I think they've been put in a in a very difficult position. I
2: just don't know why they decide to move thing for one driver. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, because if he doesn't do it, he can't win the World Championship. No. And if I he can't they... win the World Championship, Toyota aren't interested enough to be in the World Championship. I think let's look at it this
5: way. There are lots of mitigation points that have been brought in already. Let's so not forget, Super GT has moved their calendar Toyota under pressure has,
1: from Toyota. I'm sure.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, Toyota is Toyota, a major stakeholder. Exactly. There. And, of so. course, oddly enough, uh, Fernando's two teammates are actually involved in that effort. There you go, Kobayashi and and, uh, and Nakajima. But the but the issue is this. I, I I hear what you say, Nick. I completely understand what you say. But at the, the sharp end of the field. There are only a small number of potential marketable storylines that, that will actually carry the WEC forward this year. One, without a shadow of a doubt, is success or, for that matter, dramatic failure from uh, from Fernando Alonso. Hmm. The second thing is that Toyota are beaten hmm. somewhere. Hmm. Now, they are the only storylines in LMP1 that are going to actually That's sell wider point. the sports car community if you assume as many do that Toyota have got an inherent performance advantage and will carry that through the season i'd ask you this does toyota win in shanghai sell outside the sports car racing community the answer is it doesn't does fernando alonso wins in shanghai sell then the answer is that it does and you know fernando alonso winning in fuji sells bigger because it's clearly on home ground and there will yeah. be, be a massive amount of support. I'm not, I'm not saying it makes it all completely right. I am saying that on balance, when you take into account every other possibility here, every other factor here, I feel terrifically sorry for the drivers affected. And I'll tell you in a moment uh, what my view is there as to where there's been a trick missed by the WEC. Um, I feel terrifically sorry for those guys because they worked damn hard to make those deals stick, and there's not that many deals in the first place. The missing link here, here, John, is if someone from the WEC, and it really has to be one or two of the people right at the top of the shop, hasn't picked up the phone
1: individually Mm. to each of those drivers and give them the opportunity to have that conversation, then they've done it wrong. We we, we don't know that. Um, I I said uh, at the time, and I'll say again, I don't honestly if you're a works driver you get your pay for the year you go and drive unlikely to be on a race by race basis Um, I have less sympathy for a works driver than I do for a jobbing driver who is trying to get as much work as he can and has done a deal to get him to a number of different series who has looked at the calendars as approved by the World Motorsport Council Um, the calendars In IMSA's case, that has been out since, uh, let's see, Road America last year um, and has been approved since then and and confirmed since then. Uh, Those are the guys I feel sorry for. Uh, Are there one or two people, not a lot, who might have made uh, travel arrangements and hotel arrangements to go and watch Fuji on a certain weekend? I'm sure there are. There there, there are. I've had emails from a couple of them, and they're not very
5: happy, as you might well imagine. Um, One quick point here, John. It's a point on a time frame you will recall, Mm -hmm. which is year one in the FIWEC. And you will recall, I'm sure, that in the middle of that race, there was an infamous press briefing. Um, And that infamous press briefing was with the ACO, Mm -hmm. the WEC, and with the presidents of the FIA, one Mr. Jean Totts. And you may or may not recall the point at which On Top rather lost his temper. And that was after I'd asked a question.
1: That was your
4: re- fault.
5: It was entirely yeah. my fault, uh, which, uh, which related, by the way, to calendars. Mm-hmm. And the reason it related to calendars is because on that occasion, I think the WEC had been forced into a position of changing its calendar four times. Yeah. Because we'd had – and the, the, the number sticks in my mind, but I may be completely off here – i think we saw 12 calendar changes from formula one into that year correct now that is exactly the kind of issue that can throw up these kind of uh these kind of problems it does work in all sorts of ways it's it's not a unique situation no. in, in in some regards it's an absolutely unique situation because of a late deal to bring alonso on board because of toyota's commitments Uh, to the series because of the WEC being in transition and therefore needing every help it can get to carry it through uh, what's, you know, everybody regards as being a really quite difficult year for them, which, by the way, brings us blundering into the fact that who would have expected three, four months ago to get an entry list that that, that uh, we
1: got last week? and, And I will... Gently take issue with you because I, I don't no, think not. I don't think they're in a difficult situation. And anybody who says, remember what we said when Audi uh, was like, told they have
2: to. They're have not to in live. a competitive situation of any difficulty. They're in, they're in a marketing situation of difficulty. Uh, they haven't got any cubic dollars manufacturers. Those eight. That, no, that's Those true. eight um, LMP1 cars, fantastic for us as fans, are going to contribute. You know, Ted. Uh, uh, no, the eight who aren't oh, oh, Toyota right. yeah, are right. going to contribute half a hospitality unit between them. Yeah, uh, uh, but
1: but those people who said that when Audi were forced to leave by their parent group and Porsche then decided to leave because they'd got another three wins over Audi, um, that that was the end of of FIA WEC. Eat your words. I said to you, Fuh, because it's not true. Um, We still have manufacturer interest in GT, increased manufacturer uh, interest at that. We have the biggest, the biggest LMP1 field we have ever had in the series. And anybody who knows anything about endurance racing will tell you, it's never been about the factories. It's always been about the privateer teams, in terms of sustainability down through the years, and whether that's LMP1, LMP2, call it what you will. We have got a field this year that is the best, with due respect to to IMSA, we have got 10 cars in uh, 10 LMP1s, Uh, we've got a full field of LMP2s, and at Le Mans we've got 30 and 30. LMPs and and prototypes and Graham, this is not a series in crisis in terms of the WAC. It's not a series in crisis in terms of numbers. Make no mistake,
5: I've no doubt the balance sheets required the the, the sheer numbers to be up to help that balance sheet because of course, you know Nick's right. Uh, any number of privateers quite often will not offset the paddock spending, particular amount of an Audi Agreed. or a Porsche. But we get that. But It's a completely different set of storylines and for for what you do and I do, John, that's great news because it does mean that actually sometimes it's a bit like a forest fire, isn't it? You sometimes got to have a bit of a forest fire to let growth actually happen again and actually get people to step away, not be complacent and think clearly about what is actually required. And actually... The debates that are coming forward as a result of what we've seen with Porsche and with Audi, Mm. I think are the most encouraging thing we've heard in sports car racing for quite a long time. Grib, do
1: you think it will influence the thinking now? The fact that we've got those eight full-season LMP1 privateers, the fact that we've got LMP2 teams who are looking at P1 for the future, surely that now has got to influence the ACO and Pierre Fillon, because I I, I put a lot of store uh, and a lot of stock with with Pierre and his thinking and I I love the fact that the ACO are taking the lead again because it all comes back to Le Mans and Le Mans is the only important part of um, endurance racing. It is the most important part, should I say, of endurance racing. Um, Do you think that they will take uh, sucker from the fact that there are those cars and give privateers the respect And the weight that perhaps, perhaps was slightly missing when they were, shall we say, blinded by the cubic euros that were being spent by the likes of of Porsche and Audi in the past. Uh, I think they will. I'll tell you something
5: I've said before on this show, I'll relay again an interesting conversation. It happened in Shanghai in the immediate aftermath of withdrawal of Audi from memory. Uh, there was a hastily convened um, briefing for the permanent media corps, and happily, I was invited along to that one. Um, and there was a, a question I asked of Salinzio and Jones, the you know now departed uh, president of the Endurance Commission um, at the FIA. And what I said was, with the benefit of hindsight, the cumulative effect of where we got to with LMP1 and the uh, the way in which LMP2 had been introduced, with effectively four chassis with a spec, mm. uh, you know, powertrain,
4: mm-hmm.
5: had a mistake been made in number one, taking the eye off the privateers because mm-hmm. the huge amount of the technical know-how with the governing body had gone into equivalent technology, and two, that they'd left themselves with no opportunity for a manufacturer looking for an entry point Correct. into prototype racing, and the answer was after after. You know, due consideration. You know, he paused. He thought
1: about it, and he said, "Yes, I think you're probably right." Yeah, and that's why I loved um, Sir Lindsay Owen Jones because, as a former competitor, uh, I, I, I felt he was in sometimes slightly too frank. Uh, actually that made you sort of oh hang on has he just said that Hmm. heavens above that perhaps wasn't as diplomatic as it should have been and i loved him for that oh he's great you you and i were at the uh, at the uh, award ceremony in bahrain a couple of years ago when he stood up on stage and said the fact that we had more um, balance of performance adjustments than we had races this year is not acceptable yeah, and and you know, and you've and you uh, hang on, is it just? It's, it's like that old, wasn't it? The not the nine o'clock news sketch um, that I can't quote here because of what they said, you know. Uh, but you know, the, the, where people are being tremendously honest, and and it that you don't expect that of people who are in political positions within large organisations. But that's what, why you. That's why you need somebody involved who has got a business
5: mind,
3: yeah, who is agreed. an
5: enthusiast. And actually, is not invested directly in the management Agreed. of that series. Agreed. So I think, you know, I, I just hope we see the same with Richard Meal. I think we will, who's his, uh, his successor. But yeah, I think the watch moment, this space. Apparently, well, the Very the, t- the, the tone the tone of debate. It's time
2: for a change. Mm.
5: Absolutely, the time the the, the the tone of debate at the moment. So let going back by the way to the point that both you and I recognise at the start here. Have we got? IMSA's management and the WEC and ACO management at loggerheads. No. No, no we
1: don't. What we've got going right now... Can I just, by the way, for the listenership, place before the court, Sebring 2019. That's all you need to say. If you think that those guys are at loggerheads, Sebring 2019 tells you that Scott Atherton and the, the France organisation are prepared to help out their brothers-in-arms to keep that as a world championship and, and loan them a venue and a, 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 an event. Simple and as. With, uh, and with all the inconvenience, that is
5: going to cause them in one of their premier events. Absolutely right. So, so that's one. The other one, John, it's the one that I know the listener is going to be most interested in is where do we go from here that's in terms of thing. the lmp one side of things? Will it be this? Will it be that? Will it be the other? And I come back to one basic point, which is there are a huge number of variables a very large proportion of those variables actually either are or can very easily be common to both sanctioning bodies what the guys are workshopping now and that makes it sound terribly easy and it really isn't are the bits that aren't and they are working really hard to see whether or not they can actually make that work because there are big big wins in that for both sides of this debate
1: yeah, I agree with that. Um, Graham Goodwin is uh, on the line with us from DSC HQ, and it's not a shed. Uh, no. Let's uh, let's take one story before we go to uh, still to come, uh, and then we'll have a bit more of uh, Graham. We'll pick up a, a couple of other things. Tim, have you got something for for Graham, or do you, are you happy to to let me just?
3: I, I've got a. Story. I've got a one story on its own, which Excellent. is nothing uh, that would interest Graham at all. Oh, okay. Well, let's do uh, that now. Because uh, this is about uh, a man who, uh, two years ago, won the Dakar Rally on a bike.
1: Right. Then he's mad. <laughs> yes. On <laughs> a uh,
3: well, push bike? That yeah.
1: is That is hardcore. Uh,
3: Toby Price is his name. Right. And uh, this season he's going to be doing Super Utes. Right. Is it a Ute though? Mm, probably not. No, probably not. No. Is it Super?
1: He's very much a He is
3: an Australian, isn't he? He, well, is.
2: he probably is a Super Ute
3: though.
1: Didn't he ride for KTM?
3: No, Mitsubishi. Oh,
1: sorry. Ride. Yeah, for KTM. Uh, so who's he driving for in Super Ute? Mitsubishi. Ah, right. So he did ride for KTM then, I was right. Uh, right, Super Duper. Uh, is this as a start of uh, his four wheel career? Guys who come from two no, wheels to four. No, he's done
3: buggies before. Has he? Mm. Mm, that's
1: is that the same?
3: they have got four wheels. Well,
4: mm.
1: until they flip, they have.
3: Yes. Yeah. They still have four wheels. They're just not touching the ground.
1: Uh, always, indeed. Ask Pascal Verlein. Uh,
3: do you want a bit more rally news? Uh, very quickly. Safari rally could be coming back. What, the Kenyan, what was used to be the Kenyan Safari, when when the
1: major teams used to ditch their highly sophisticated cars, as highly sophisticated as they were in those days, and all get Peugeot 504s to go and race it.
3: Uh, the Kenyan government has uh, given a grant equivalent of 2 million euros
1: to do
2: what barely enough to pay a driver's salary to nowadays. get the
3: event back on the WRC calendar by
2: 2020 I can't really see it really fitting the modern everything's televised short little stagey things yeah 2 miles haven't, haven't they just had a, a very
5: well supported historic so massively massively, massively every, so. every
2: year they
3: have a very well supported that's been running for about rally. a decade now yeah
1: it's not like it was though i <laughs> says man in Midlands, age 55. <laughs> oh, we seem to have lost him, uh, Nick, uh, there. Uh, so Mario,
3: the uh, Cabinet Secretary for Sport in Kenya, oh, said much. the sanctioning of the Safari Rally as a premier continental rally by the FIA to be held in Kenya comes with the hope of achieving the full WRC status of 2020. I hope they do,
1: but I, I, can't, um, I can't see, as Nick says, how it fits into the current logistics I really do. Uh,
3: Motorsport uh, Uganda chairman, right? Uh, Dusman Oki uh, is also behind uh, the bid, so it looks like it's going to be Kenya and Uganda. Mm. Uh, Some before we go to
1: still to come and fire up our voiceover artists. Have we got Emma and Mark this weekend, or is it just one of them? Weekend. Uh, this week, sorry. <laughs>
3: It's only Wednesday.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's the end of the week for a lot of people. Of course, Wednesday to Wednesday. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, all well, the start uh, of the week.
1: Uh, James Hewitt says uh, Will the private ears be able to have pra- a branding for manufacturers during the transition years until yes. the next factory reg cycle? James, in LMP1, yes. there's no regulations about um, factory in the private ears side. Non hybrids. Um, it's a bit difficult. You can't have a full factory team with a non-hybrid, Graham, I think I'm right in saying, but that doesn't mean you can't rebrand one of the engines. The Mechachrome in the MANA car, in fact, almost was another manufacturer, wasn't it?
5: Well, I'll tell you right now, I think if a manufacturer effort turned up with a non-hybrid solution, my guess is they would be allowed in. Oh, really?
1: Yep. The, The other question that's been asked a lot, what would it take for... And, and i'm using this as a as an example what would it take for cadillac to turn their dpi car into an lmp1 uh,
5: just it the, the chassis
1: has to be um
5: has to uh, has to meet the regulations that's it they could use the same engine
1: could Nothing they is 5.5 oh, yeah. liters allowed
5: anything's allowed
1: i thought it was a 4 liter maximum
5: no, 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 I don't think so. I think anything is allowed. You get the set amount of fuel, remember.
1: Ah, yes, good point, even for the normally aspirated private aid cars. Right, yes, that's a good point. Uh, Rob Chalmers, uh, apologies for absence. As a Valentine treat, I'm basting lamb shanks. Not a euphemism there, but well, about the same. All rhyming slang, he says. Uh, and hi to Josh Jones, who'll be listening on the... Uh, on the rear wing of the house. Uh, Yes Uh, He's commentating Again tonight So he can't be with us You're listening to Midweek Motorsport It's series 13 Can you believe it Episode 6 And we're halfway Through the show
0: Still to come On Midweek Motorsport And is there
1: any chance You could bring some dessert To
0: the VO booth please
1: see once again uh, Tim is not looking After our VO artist
3: Uh, Had some lovely gelato earlier
1: Did you What Whilst you were in Italy Or since you've got home
3: Whilst I was in Italy
1: uh, still to come in I had the sec-
3: play called Azteca, which was very, very, very dark. Can I ask us. you a picture? Yeah.
2: yeah did, you you, did you take a picture of it? Would it be Azteca camera? I did, camera? Yes, I did
3: take a picture of it.
2: Azteca camera? Yeah. Uh, uh, keep going. Yeah.
1: Right, you have used up all my time Music now. There's just time to say keep tweeting at <laughs> speculative. and in the second half of tonight's show we'll have uh, Marshall Pruitt from racer.com and more from Graeme Goodwin as well as the usual team Tim Gray in London Nick Damon and John Hindhoff here at Hindhoff Towers as we head into Hour 2 of Midweek Motorsport on RS1 here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels
0: Midweek Motorsport on RS1
3: that's a full minute that one er just over
1: yeah, a minute and two seconds, that was. I actually looked at that this time because I got caught out with that one in the past. Uh, Graham Goodwin is still with us. Can we rattle through a few more stories with Graham, uh before we move on
3: to... Yes, presumably not rallying ones, though.
1: No, not rallying ones. We're going to uh, move on. Uh, we've mentioned uh, Super GT or uh, Topless changing date to avoid the Fuji Clash. Uh, so that ticks that one out. Did Graeme, did you see the tweets from British GT this week, which made me laugh a lot? Hello, Graham. Oh, have we
2: lost Graham? I saw them. I didn't see them, but I'm sure they were funny. They were very
1: funny indeed. Uh, has Graham sat on his uh, so, microphone again? They, they, they were very we the similar
3: copy. to the joke we did at the start of the show, though.
1: Yes, but they, uh, they, I a lot of people took them uh, as absolutely verbatim and complained that they'd made plans in such like uh, Gooders, are you back with us? I'm hoping so. Yes, lovely. Um, uh, We finally find out who's going to join Ben Keating and the Risi Ferrari at Le Mans uh, today or yesterday. I can't remember It was today. It was just a a couple of hours ago. Luca Stoltz, it will be joining. a smart hire, isn't it?
5: It is. And uh, Luca, I know, was in the mix for at least one other Le Mans drive as well. So they've done well to, to nail that deal. And, of course, Luca, part of the uh, GTD squad with Ben Keating and Jerome Bleakamola alongside Adam Christodoulou for the Rolex 24, and very well they did too. So that is looking like a very strong lineup.
1: Um Something that came out of the announcement for Le Mans uh, last week and we're still sort of getting to grips with, um, EB Motors, nothing to do <laughs> with our EVE. Um, they have got 20 years of racing behind them, in fact, 2018 is, is their 20th anniversary year. And and Project One as well. Um, Project One's an interesting one because all of the car pictures that I've seen are in sort of manufactured camouflage. Not that we don't know what the Porsche that they're going to be campaigning looks like. But th- this is much more down to who might be sponsoring them, I, su- I suggest. Well, OK.
5: First things first. Project One, um, our powerhouse in one make Porsche racing. Uh, you you might know them more as Ptolemy, you might know them more as the Deutsche Post or DHL branded cup cars, but they are they say themselves they are the most successful one make Porsche team in the world. I'm not going to go back and counts and disagree with them, but that one is quite an interesting one. I am hearing that we may see some significant DHL branding on that car yeah. for the uh, for the season, which is that be interesting.
1: Porsche factory back then. Because that, no. that that are you sure? Positive. Because they have run Porsche junior cars with the DHL yeah. backing in the past. They have. What we've got is Gideon Perfetti, who's a part
5: of mm. the Mentos confectionery family, um, and a brother to Danielli, one-time British GT champion, of course. I believe he has purchased that car. He is the car owner. We've then got a man you'll know very well, Patrick Lindsay, Mm. and his partner in... Park Place
1: Porsche with York Bergmeister.
5: And uh, they've been teammates, I think, for the past two seasons at Park Place. So it it is effectively a a joint venture between... And didn't York come through
1: the DHL Porsche Junior driver scheme?
5: Oh, it could very well have been. But, you know, I think this is going to be... A pretty solid effort, to mm. be honest with you. Uh, so what we've got all, all in with uh, EP Motors, who, of course, get their place uh, at the table courtesy of winning in the Michelin Le Mans Cup last year, where we've got the rather odd situation of the smaller grid of GTs does get a uh, auto entry. The larger grid of LMP3s doesn't. Uh, so EP Motors step up with a another 911 RSR supported by uh, the uh, Proton Competition area what i'm trying to work out is exactly where that car has come from yeah because we believe there are seven mm-hmm. we know where all those seven went
4: yeah.
5: four four to proton uh one to uh the project one conglomerates and two to golf racing uk it mm-hmm. isn't one of the golf racing uk cars right uh, and all of the uh, proton cars are accounted for unless they're playing double duty yes. with one of the cars for WC. Uh, uh,
1: am I right in thinking? I know that um AB Motors won they won the Michelin Amon Cup with a Lamborghini Huracan, they did. didn't they? They did. But I presume that the reason they are now with Porsche is because there isn't a GT uh E Lamborghini, or I mean, they, they had some Porsche connections in the past as well, though, didn't they? They've they've got
5: huge Porsche connections. I think three times consecutive winners of the Carrera Cup Italia came second in that championship twice. Have had some names to country with. Alessandra Balzan was a multiple winner with them, by yes. the way, back in the day.
4: Yes,
5: uh, but uh, yes, more recently with a bit of success with Lamborghini. But uh, will we see a Lamborghini GT? I think we will, not quite yet. Uh, so Porsche is the is the sensible choice for that team. Lots and lots of those screaming six cylinder Porsches mm. are going to be in action both in the WEC Take your ear and, and indeed and in the LMS. But uh, just trying to think how many it must be close to double figures Porsches for mm. um, for the uh, Le Mans 24 Hours this year. Not not a totting up I'd yet done, So to get get round to my. Um, uh, my notes for that, it is indeed 10 of the 911 RSRs, and mid-engine cars. Fantastic. Uh, so we'll see.
1: Um, one or two, uh, we mentioned one or two surprises, one or two people missing from the WEC and Le Mans entry list. A lot of um, automatic entries not taken up, or, uh, invitations not taking up. And, and sadly, uh, ARC Bratislava not going to be around. Miro Kanopka Uh, somewhat disappointed by the uh, invitation
5: process. Well, Miro made an immediate pronouncement in the wake of the immediate disappointment that he was going to be closing the doors to the LMP2 programme. That was picked up um, by uh, a number of media outlets who threw that immediately at the web. And I'm afraid he's incorrect, because actually what he did with a Slovakian press release, so it was a a press release that was issued only in Slovakian and picked up by the fine individual that is Matt Fernandez, um, He speaks uh, was, every
1: language on the earth, by the way.
5: He, he he actually is the basis of the technology used in Star Trek, is Matt Fernandez? He is,
1: he is a living version of beer bullfish.
5: Frenchman, born at Tête Rouge, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> on the track. Now, indeed, lives in Prague. Actually, was born in the hospital, which Pierre Fionn is a doctor. Oh, really? Indeed, he was. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, lives in Prague and speaks all languages fluently, to, to my knowledge. Um, and yes, what Miro actually now is saying is that whilst he will not in future be applying for um, uh, a place on the grid of the Le Mans 24 hours, that he does expect to be back either in the European Le Mans series or the Asian Le Mans series. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy with that. It, it is a shame. There's, there's stories behind every single one of those um uh, reserve entries
1: and he was uh, eighth out of they were eighth out of nine so they're is, not going to get in the race no, it's
5: that's tough to take it's got to be said that it's tough to take but if you look at the likes of Skidaria Corsa who of course double MSA champions and also recent champions in GTM if you look at Tracy Crone mm. for that matter long time you know, supporter and actually it breaks that uh, at the moment breaks that chain of appearances for him with Nick Johnson together Good point. if you look at KCMG who a previous LMP2 winners as first reserve? You look at high class racing who have invested in the new 2017 um, LMP2 concept. Did the right thing in not applying last year and have not made it this year either. Mm. And they, I'm sure, would be doing what what people always do in this situation, which is looking down the list for people who possibly deserve it less. Unfortunately, all nine of those teams have suffered because of the strength in LMP1, yeah. because of the strength in GTE Pro, yeah. and also because of the strength in GTM, because there is one thing I noticed only today, remarkable thing about GTM, which is if you look at the 13 cars on that list for Le Mans, take out the WEC full season entries, take out the auto entries, mm. there is one car.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we mentioned that in point of fact that you know we were impressed that they got as many gtms uh, in as they did Uh, uh, no disrespect here to the team concerned, but jackie chan dc racing have four cars and two of them they're not going to use at le mans they're going to hawk them off um and, and sell them off to someone else how does how does how do you explain that to somebody like miro kanopka
5: um, well, first and foremost, I'll be going back to the person who told me that they couldn't have more than two uh, who worked for the rulemakers, makers and find out exactly what they've got to say privately. Mm. Uh, because I was told very firmly, having offered the opinion, and you remember the piece that I wrote that did the numbers about
1: them on 24 hours. Well, that, that was that, the shock, wasn't it, when we saw yep, those come th- up?
5: Absolutely. That couldn't happen because you're only allowed two per licence. Now, unless there's another licence in play, then the only other explanation here is the usual, and you've commented on it previously completely correctly, John, the usual catch-all, the final decision is with the the selection committee that they could have awarded those, but it's very clear and became Ultimately, completely clear. Once Matt Fernandez again, who was there in Paris and asked the questions, that this is Oak Racing. So Oak Racing will operate those two yeah. uh, ligers. Because remember, it's two ligers and two oricas. Would um, they not have got those entries? At least one of those entries anywhere, though. No, because um, you're not allowed to have a
1: factory team in
4: uh,
5: LMP
1: two. Good point. So, uh, I so guess- there's all kinds of. Ooh. Rules being bent, at least if not broken. Nick is is pulling his face. I vis.
2: believe this could be the definition of the word shenanigans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounded almost like a
5: Sherlock's home movie, didn't it? But very Kelsey um, the, grammar, very good. <laughs> the, yeah, there, there are lots of points oh, arising from it. No, no, no,
3: was right. It's uh, Basil Rathbone all over that. Really, it, okay. is
5: Basil, it did sound very Basil Rathbone. <laughs> um, but it's you know, there are a number of points arising. Um, you know, we've talked about the calendar issues. But, oh, have you got a moment to talk about
1: driver ranking issues here, John?
2: <laughs> Hang uh, on, I'll just open a can of worms.
1: Right. I'll uh, say, I, I'm will i going to open this for those that didn't listen. And please do. No, uh, I will but, update you because there has been movement. I know there has. I, I will urge the listener who hasn't uh, heard us reacting, first of all, previewing and then reacting to what we saw from Paris last week. Download or listen on demand. Um, and I will say now what I said then. And what I said then is you can argue till the cows come home about the rights and wrongs about driver rankings. Um, some people will think it's a good thing. Some think people will think it's a bad thing. I, I, I fall on the former side of it, as do a number of pro drivers that I know who are getting more work than they've ever had before. Um, the other thing about that is that there is... A very, very um, delineated set of regulations about how driver rankings are set up. It's an if then equation. If you are X amount of age and you have done Y, or you, if you are. Uh, x amount of age and you have had these results in these championships it spits something out at the end this is not somebody putting a finger up in the air and doing it on a case by case basis which by the way would be nonsense if you did that because it's open then to individual interpretation and those that shout loudest and longest at the end which I am not a fan of. Um, that's why I like technical regulations effectively these are technical regulations for drivers these are a specification and if you fit into a certain part of the specification you will be spit out as a platinum gold silver or bronze driver now whether you like that or not there is a set that there are a set of regulations what we've got here Graham is those regulations being thrown to the wind in a I don't understand why this has been done, but this is once again a situation whereby we think we know where we are and then effectively these are waivers for drivers, aren't they? Well, let's start with
5: the because there are, there are four cases in point that arise from those, uh, those entry lists and it ha- happens to be in three different classes. So mm. let's deal with the first one, which is LMP3 in the LMS where... Two teams raised eyebrows. DKR Engineering moving mm. up as champions of the Michelin Le Mans Cup in their Norma with Jean Glorio and Alex Teriel. Uh, two silver drivers, no yep. bronze. That simply proper is silvers,
1: by the way. They are proper silver silvers. Yeah, yeah. They fulfil will, the be,
5: criteria. Will be highly competitive, but need a bronze. That is simply a misunderstanding, and they were always going to have a bronze. Okay. Ah. The same, okay. the same will apply to I think it's BHK Motorsports. Uh, British flag team with one silver driver, one currently unranked driver who um, sources within will tell me will be ranked as a silver. And again, they know that they will have to have a bronze. So let's put that one to one side. Okay.
1: That's fine. With that, so with in that fact, left... those were just the two drivers that were named. There was always Correct. the opportunity and indeed the intention to have the mandatory bronze drivers within those teams. Correct. Okay. That, that's let's, an easy one then. So let's move let, on from that. Yeah. Let's deal with the LMP1 uh,
5: case in point. That yeah. is Dragon Speed. That is Henrik Edman, a bronze-ranked driver. Mm-hmm. Henrik is over fifty years old. Doesn't make him a bad person. Some of the nicest people I know, including me, are over fifty. Um, and, and some very good drivers over fifty, and some, some very, very
1: experienced so, drivers. That's a bloke who did Oh no no no, 50. no 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 no. Let's think um, about people like uh, Stefan Johansson, yeah, for but, example. So, so let-
5: so, but he's uh, Henrik has been and always will be a gentleman driver
1: because of when uh, he rule- started driving.
5: Correct. The rule book says, as a bronze ranked driver, you're not allowed to do LMP1. However, okay, the rule book says that it also says that if you're over 50, you cannot go up the order, so he can never be a silver driver by age. That, that's what the rule book says. So what we've got is Dragon Speed who have an agreement that he will be able to drive in LMP1 in the 2018 19 season. Why? Well, the answer is actually relatively simple, but it does expose that the rule book does need to be changed. Um, and the rule book basically it's, it, is that they will give. Uh, on a case-by-case basis, they are not changing his ranking. He will stay as a bronze driver right. on a case-by-case basis that they regard that his record in racing uh, says that he would be safe to be in LMP1. Now, my view, and it's a view I've clearly expressed a number of times, is this. The current LMP2 cars, which Enric raced last season, not without some incident, but generally that was a slide off into a gravel trap. It wasn't peripheral vision and thumping into competitors coming by. That wasn't (laughs) happening. But the uh, what what those drivers
1: do that, by the way. Oh,
5: indeed. That that those cars are now uh, uh, of higher performance levels.
1: LMP2s.
5: The LMP2s, uh, even than were factory LMP1s in the pre-hybrid era. Let's not forget that the pole position time for LMP2 at Le Mans this year was quicker, the last year, sorry, was quicker than the last pre-hybrid Audi at Le Mans. And, Graham, you
1: and I have watched LMP2 cars drag by LMP1 hybrids on long straights at places like hmm, Shanghai absolutely right so i don't so have in, a, in terms of speed we're yeah. not talking about people who who can't handle the outright speed uh, no we're not and i think that that is a sensible pragmatic
5: decision okay but it but it does expose the fact that they need to revisit the rule book that's it then we get to the other one and this is the one that has raised hackles and eyebrows
1: uh, galore and that is in the Actually, before you jump onto that yeah. there's an easy way around that that's about um that you could easily put in a codicil to that that says bronze drivers who have x amount of years experience in lmp2 um are accepted into lmp1 what you're basically saying is you can't so i who don't have any prototype experience but have the appropriate license couldn't just jump into an lmp1 car with no downforce experience
5: no, I mean, you know, and also you'd, you'd also have to, I think, preface that by their performance in that car. You can't have someone going into an LMP1 car that regularly barrel rolls an LMP2 down the start-finish straight, for instance. Yeah. Uh, that that wouldn't be acceptable. No, but agreed. It's, I think it's a perfectly pragmatic okay. decision. We then get to the last one, uh, which is an LMP2. It's a full-season LMP2 entry in the European Amon series and is also on the... Uh, entry list for the Le Mans 24 hours it is an auto entry into the Le Mans 24 hours courtesy of the ELMS championship win last year uh, handled by Dragon Speed for G-Drive Racing and the 26 car this year handled by TDS Racing in the ELMS one of two cars that G-Drive are actually branding this year the other one being a Graf car Uh, so yet more confusion to come um for this, this season in that regard but the, the real reason for noteworthiness of this is Jean-Éric Verne a platinum driver Mathieu Vazavier, certainly for the LMS clearly cannot do uh, Le Mans for the team because he'll be in the other TDS cars full season driver there and Roman Rusinov yep. both the latter gentlemen being gold-ranked drivers you will notice the absence of anything remotely close to a silver or a bronze-ranked driver that is a massive deal-changer And that has had, I think, a lot of teams on the phone to the ACO uh, basically um, using a three-word phrase with the first two words being what and the. And that's really (laughs) dangerous because if that's allowed to stand – and my understanding, I shall say immediately, by the way, is I don't believe it's going to stand. I believe there is going to be a change happening with
1: that and very soon. Can I ask uh, a a really – Basic question: What has Rutenoff done that makes him a gold driver? Performance. Simple, s- simple s- as that.
4: Specifically, look,
1: look,
5: Roman. Roman is not unlike a very large proportion of other drivers in that um, a very large number, rather not proportion of other drivers, which is that Roman spends his entire season driving to a level. Okay. There is no doubt in my mind or anybody else's mind, uh, yourself included, John, you've seen Roman race Mm. as many races as anybody, that he drives down to a level that he believes will retain him silver status. Okay. now, he's not always been successful in that regard. And once in a while, we'll see that Roman lets himself off the chain and will be palpably quicker than we've seen him for the remainder of the season. Um, and the reality is that you know he's not unique in that. You know I could name other drivers who have done that in the past. Stand up, Stewie Hall, for instance, has done that in the past. Stand up, and, he, and he'll—I'm sure now—happily admit it, Matt Griffin
1: you know, who did
5: that and got himself. Well, into he a was position. very
1: clever and oh, careful clever. in, in the first couple of years to keep himself at a silver. He's now a gold driver, by the way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. He didn't qualify the car because he looked at the regs and, yep. nothing uh, wrong with that. By the no, way. No, 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 nothing at all. Um. As far as Rusinov's concerned though, I, I mean, I look back at his old career I've had to look this up. So I've got this on the screen in front of me now. Um, Formula Renault, Formula Palmer Audi, Euro Formula 3000, Uh, but that's going back into the early 2000s. Um, Pole position and the fastest lap in Euro Formula 3000. Um, He was a test driver in Formula 1 in 2006. Uh, He was uh, Formula 1 Jordan test driver in 2005. Did A1? GP Team Russia for a couple of races um, and then of course what we've seen him do in the uh, FIA World Endurance Championship including four class victories going back as far as 2013 for for G-Drive but but he's not a pro driver is he in the no, strictest his, sense of the word so, no, his, so, so my question remains what is it in his results that makes him a gold driver it's pace, it's as simple as that it's pace because, it, it, but Pace doesn't come into it, Graham. It's about championships that have been won individually. Um, and he's he's been teamed up with people like Peter Cox and Mike Hazeman, Sam Berg and, and Julian Canal, Oli Plar, John Martin, Mike Conway, uh, Pierre Rags, Nelson Panciatici. You know, he's part, he's been part of it. It would be like me getting into a car with with uh, Pat Long and, and, and York Bergmeister and winning gte arm which is entirely probable if i had those two guys with me that doesn't make me a gold driver that makes them really good it's his
5: individual pace that does come into it. It does come into it. The performance has to be declared. They've got to see the data. They've got to see whether or not they believe that pace is being hidden. it's, it's an inherent part of the silver debate. See, is, I disagree with that. That's balance,
1: well, in, that's balance of performance on drivers. But, but, but that is the reality. And that's why... That's Robert, not how the regulations are written, though, Graham. The regulations are written on your results and what championships that you've won. And I I can't see where he's won. And and I'm very prepared, by the way. Tweet in, add specutainment if I'm missing something. But it's not like he's won a um, Super Cup race, which, uh, you know, if he was in the top six in Super Cup, immediately he would have to be a gold driver. There are certain prerequisites that makes you that. The mere fact that I can go drive... right. Forget that I'm saying this about me because I'm using this an example. If I can get into a car and drive quickly, um, having never driven that car before, having never had a background in that car before, and I've started my race career late. If the regulations say that I can only be a bronze, no matter how fast I'm driving, that's because that driver, me or Roman Rusinov, is a good driver. That doesn't necessarily mean he should be regraded something else. Um,
5: the reality is he's pogered up and down that, that, uh, because I think he's been a, 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 the five full seasons he's done in WEC. Mm. I think he's been gold for two of them and silver for the other three. I think that's correct. I'm prepared to be told that's, that's wrong. And uh, you know he's always been extraordinarily annoyed when he's been elevated up to uh, up to gold. Reality is against the rules. Whatever the selection Mm. process, because he was gold through last season, I believe. um, The reality is that he.
1: Should not be listed with another gold oh, and a platinum driver. That that I don't have an issue with. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. That's outside the regulations. My question is, why is he a gold in the first place? What specifically? And and I don't know. I've looked through it. I can't find on his results why he's listed as a gold. Okay. I, I, uh, uh, he, I have, he's a champion. He's a yeah, champ. Yeah. He's a champion in LMP2. But that doesn't necessarily mean as an arm. That you immediately get elevated to no, a I completely
5: agree. I'm, I'm happy to go back, look into that, and report back next week for you guys as to what made that. But either way, my belief is that it has been taken extremely seriously. Yes, I agree. Um, and I think you're going to find that there's going to be a change to that. So one of the things that came up that was certainly controversial from the, the entry lists, so I believe will be rather less controversial by the time we actually get uh, get racing uh, in just a few weeks' time. But all in all, John, has to be said, remarkably healthy EMS mm. grid, a very healthy WC grid in terms of the numbers and the quality, albeit, of course, we know fewer factory LMP1 cars in this what what I think is going to be a transitional two and a half years it has to be said I agree Uh, uh, but uh,
1: I have to say on the basis of what we're looking at here I am pretty darned encouraged Uh, and we should make the point as well I mentioned about biggest numbers of LMP1 cars in WEC it's the biggest full season entry of WEC by Uh, a distance uh, increased because a lot of the travel has been done by ship and not by aircraft that was a consideration uh, in the past, it all gets underway at Spa. It's a short season before we get to Le Mans and then a long season after that before we get back to Le Mans again. That will throw up its challenges, uh, but um, looking forward to it is the the answer to that. goodness thanks very much indeed uh, and we'll have you back on next week, mate. Always a pleasure. Graham Goodwin, editor of DailySportsCar.com joining us live uh, and beautifully um, in... In terms of the sound quality tonight, I thought. It was like we were sitting here, wasn't it, Nick? Shh, Graham, you're not here, really. Yeah, very good. Uh, Very good, indeed. Good stuff from Gooders uh, there. And uh, we'll have Marshall Pruitt in just a few moments' time. But before that, uh, back up in London, as we're on Series 13, Episode 6. Tim has this.
0: The news that no one is talking about. The stories that aren't reported anywhere else. And for valid editorial reasons. Pointless press release of the week on Midweek Motorsport.
1: Go ahead.
3: One of the most successful world superbike racers of all time.
2: Go on. Yes.
3: Carl Fogarty. Yep. Yes. Will be making an appearance at the Wednesday Hotel Oswald Street. To promote his new book, of course he will. Fantastic. Oswestry, you have to explain to the international audience about uh, Oswestry. Oswestry is a very small town in Staffordshire. I think. Right.
2: I thought it was. It might be in Shropshire. Shropshire, isn't it? Right on the border of Wales. It is.
3: It's uh, home of uh, the football team TNS, which plays in the Welsh League. TNS is. Uh, it's now the new Saints, but previously Total Network Solutions, mm. which is literally a company team. Well, no, they were a like Philips, uh, PSV, yeah. It, it was nothing like Philips,
2: and who's Airbus? Phil, was well, Airbus, in not In the, uh,
3: the Airbus bit? Industries, it, it, was, it was more. It was not also Bayer not like, Leverkusen,
1: uh, mm-hmm. P S V is like is like that because P S V was thing. Philips yes, I'm Sporting. Saying,
3: Club. I'm saying that uh, Total Network Solutions wasn't because it was not the team of people who worked for Total Network Solutions. Oh uh, right, it was just it a was sponsor. A t- it was a football sorry. team that was sponsored. I,
1: sorry, I thought it, I thought it was a, a bit like Billingham, Billingham Synthonia. Which no. was which named after, it uh, must be the only football soccer club in the world named after a fertiliser.
2: <laughs> well, plenty them play like it. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, was, Keep going. Uh, I'm very excited about Carl's appearance in Oswestry. It, mm. it
3: gave uh, gave us that famous uh, football commentary line, they'll be dancing on the streets of Total Network Solutions tonight. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think, yes, possibly not. Um, is that it? Uh, the owner of Booker in Osworth Street, sorry, the owners of Booker in Oswald Street, are thrilled to present the evening as the seven-time world champion and racing legend talks about his racing career, bikes, and his new book, *The World According to Foggy*.
2: Right. Okay.
3: He retired from racing in 2000 after winning 59 uh, times. Do you know,
2: I was about to say, how long is it since he stopped he racing? Got, he did his shoulder too badly to he? and you know all about that. And of course, Johnny Race should go past his win total this year. Oh, really? Mm-hm. That's quite something, actually, isn't is it? it? Is it he's been t- he will become, it's not a word, the winningest racer in... can we say most successful? The person with depends, the most wins. Yes, How yeah. do you define success? P- the person points. with the most race victories.
1: Mm. Much, much better and Of course, and more- Carl
2: Fogarty is featuring heavily on uh, ITV's uh, Sunday night primetime show, Dancing on Ice. Yes. Because one of the contestants is now engaged to his daughter because one of the contestants met him in the jungle in a scripted... Actually, that's not scripted, is it? No. Just a reality show. Uh... So, therefore, if you you don't live in the UK, you're missing out on all this sort of uh, motorcycle celebrity retirement-based excitement.
3: Carrie and Tim Morris, the owners of Booker, said his new book, The World According to Foggy, is published to coincide with the 30th anniversary of the Superbike World Championship. Not just king of the superbikes, Carl also won the 14th series of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here in 2014 and was crowned king of the jungle. We're delighted to be hosting this event with a true bike racing great. Don't miss this chance to meet the man himself. Mm. And you can meet Carl on April the 22nd. Doors open at 6.45 for 7.30 starts. Tickets at £20, including a signed copy of The World According to Foggy. Yeah. If you uh, can't make the event but would like a signed copy of the book,
2: uh, you can, can free buy Free order. I'd like to get a rare unsigned one. Yeah, almost <laughs> certainly.
1: Uh, you're listening to Midweek Motorsport Series 13, Episode 6, and we can say hello, Marshall Pruitts.
6: Hello, Marshall Pruitt and Heidi and hey. Nick and Tim.
1: Fantastic. Uh, all the technology's working
6: fabulously. See, he got to
1: choose his own key
2: there, so it sounded all right. Yes. <laughs>
6: um, yes. I'm singing more on podcasts lately. I have no idea why, nor can I sing, but uh, it, maybe it's
2: passive-aggressive
6: abuse. <laughs>
1: passive-aggressive singing.
6: Uh, how are you this evening, MP? I am well. Sorry for being a little late. It was... Uh, I think I was down uh, forty five love or something to Bobby Rahal on uh, uh, back and forth phone calls. So uh, <laughs> we finally, the volley ended and we actually connected for a three minute conversation. so
1: excellent. And how was Mr. Rahal, who I can never bring myself to call Bobby? I always call him Mr. Rahal, even when I'm sitting having breakfast with him in Marion's.
6: Well, he's well. he uh, well, well, he's well. The other fun thing is, he's Bob he, he we know him externally as Bobby but um you know he just refers to himself as Bob hey it's Bob and so uh hey if you got an Indy 500 winner named Bob uh you go with it he's well we're uh, my colleague Robin Miller and I are uh collaborating on another story here about prospective Indy 500 entries mm. so uh just checking in with good old Bob about where they might be at. So, But all's good, brother. All is really good. Uh,
1: team was fastest in every session in the test, so presumably he was reasonably happy. Uh,
6: Interesting to hear, though, speaking with his son Graham this morning, and he mentioned this at the test, they were fastest. Their cars were the fastest. They weren't particularly happy, though, and not uh, from a... Operational side, but fastest, but with cars that still move around a lot and don't feel very stable beneath you. It's it's odd to hear someone say, "Man, our cars are just rockets." Mm. I'm just not happy <laughs> driving it, and it's not because the engineers have done anything wrong and provided a bad setup. It's just that's the new uh, specification with the road course uh, type aerodynamics bolted onto the car Heindy. I yeah. mean they're they're all dancing, all moving, it's the all skate where uh, the old days of a zillion pounds of downforce just making the things feel like a warm comfy blanket in the corners those days are gone, so even on an oval on a one mile oval, uh, you gotta love a, a dancing behind my friend.
1: Yes, gotta love it and, we, and as you said last week it'll uh, sort out the drivers I'm really looking forward to see these cars uh, on the the faster circuits not sure what we'll see at St Pete's and the the series opener for IndyCar the Verizon IndyCar uh, series this year but um can't wait to see them on some of the faster circuits uh, we had the start of speed weeks at the weekend um, with the the Sunday race and uh, if you missed this we do have free to air coverage on Sunday of the Daytona Daytona 500, so that's underway now, and the usual uh, hullabaloo about that. Spoken to a couple of people who've been to Daytona, saying it's 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 got a great atmosphere this year. Have have NASCAR now found the uh, found the right uh, the right solution, the, the the right equation to their season, Marshall? Uh,
6: I think so. If if right is the 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 focal point that we're trying to achieve i would look at another metric that i think is it's a surprise/not a surprise and it's a concern and that is there will be 40 cars mm-hmm. entered uh there, there were have been 40 cars entered uh with 40 cars to compete at nascar's crown jewel meaning no excess No 43, however many, some that go home, and that's never something you like to see, but the numbers do matter here, right? This year, for example, if we look at the uh, the, announcement on Friday of the 60-car grid for the 24 Hours of Le Mans, well – They're blessed to have 69 entries listed, 60 of them that have been accepted, uh, nine that were listed as alternates, I should say. I don't mean only 69 were received, but there were nine additional listed as, hey, if one falls out, whatever happens, we have excess to help fill that that field Uh, if we only had 60. And we know that usually on an annual basis, there's one or two that doesn't uh, make opening practice. We'd be concerned. We would say, hmm, less interest being shown in the sport. Yeah, that's the concern we're seeing here with NASCAR, at least on a domestic level. And I'm not pretending to love NASCAR, but I do love the sport. And when America's most popular sport uh, form of motorsport, I should say, has gone from having access to having the uh, bare minimum uh, that they will accept into the field you start to question those TV numbers that seem to decline more than we'd like and attendance figures and just the little things that we've spoken about many times in recent years, Heidi of are people starting to check out from, you know, the big sport that kind of is the introduction to maybe other forms of racing. And, uh, so it's, it's a concern. Um, I hope it works out for them because if it doesn't, it's actually a bad thing for all of us so uh, nobody should be rooting against them
1: yeah uh, uh, that part of the sport being strong is not necessarily bad for the rest of the sport and and if that isn't strong it's certainly not good for the rest of the sport i absolutely uh, agree with you there, it um, it shines a light. Uh, let's say it that way. Um, last week we talked about land motorsport. We talked about the issues that they had, and um, we'd we'd asked Imza last week for a bit of a comment. You'd had um, some fantastic journalism with the Audi teams and Audi Sport Customer Racing. Um, Imza Um, I I didn't uh, say that we'd asked for a comment last week because I knew they were trying to get back to us and and for a number of reasons they couldn't. And Greg Elkin from... Um, IMSA came back to us unfortunately just too late for the show last week and I'm going to do something that I don't normally do but I I want to read out this because I thought this is an infinitely sensible reply um, to the situation that was difficult for everybody concerned and difficult for us and for fans to understand this this is in relation to the refueling quote-unquote anomalies um, for the 29 Land Motorsport Audi um, and uh, I'm indebted to Greg for this he said they, uh, he's a
6: good man no, he's he, an incredible he's a wonderful addition to that team I, I completely
1: I completely agree and and the re, you know normally Marshall you know you say we asked Dave Miggins for a quote and a quote was not forthcoming i deliberately didn't say that last week because i knew something was on the way and i was hoping we would get it before the end of the program and as luck would have it we didn't it turned up just after and i've been holding this um IMSA uh, and their dep- their press department, the PR department, have been phenomenal uh, in the way they've answered our questions. We mentioned earlier on the programme about Petit Le Mans and the fact that we got a really sensible statement for them, from them last week about whether they were going to move Petit Le Mans and the fact that they weren't and the, and the situation behind that. Um, this is in relation to the 29 car. The car, and I quote, the car, car was found to have been refuelling each time. Uh, around 35 seconds, approximately five seconds faster than the average of the field. More on this in a moment, round numbers being used here in parenthesis, their parenthesis. This issue resulted in the penalty that was applied. The entry was penalised under the following rules uh, on... Uh, uh, be, uh, please read the underlying portions uh, because they need a little more clarification. The penalty applied to Car29 during the race was for an infraction of attachment to balance of performance as more than one sub-article applies. And here it is. The technical regulations are the basis for the technical specifications for the WeatherTech Championship in order to minute competitive equivalency between cars within each class and between classes, IMSA May at its discretion utilise adjustment method during each session for LMP2 cars, GTLM and GTD which have references to balance of performance in the FIA regulations where there are any conflict attachments to supersedes all FIA spec. 2.7 Uh, 2.7 says competitors, constructors, manufacturers expected to provide valid data on request to assist IMSA in BOP process. Any competitor, constructor or manufacturer who deliberately gives false information, and this is the key bit, attempts to influence influence the BOP process or manipulates performance or displays a level of performance. Uh, this is the very key bit. Or in, uh, displays a level of performance above or below the expected result may be penalised to the full extent. Now, to answer my question, which was, how did we get to this point, uh, please, Greg? Fuel fill times vary from track to track and from what side of the car the fill is, and the averages are available for manufacturers and entrants from past races. Are you correct? Are you, you are correct, he says. These were not published in the true sense of the word, because you and I both said last week, and we pointed out, the 40 seconds that was being referred to was not referred to anywhere within the regulations or the SSRs. Moving forward to ensure all are aware of what the average should be. IMSA will be amending attachment to to provide additional clarity moving forward with immediate effect. Now, does that make everything right at Daytona for everyone concerned? No, it doesn't. But what that tells me, Marshall, is that IMSA have looked at the situation. They've realized the implications of the situation and they're going to make sure it's not going to happen again. And you know what? I actually take my hat off to them for that and for coming back to us with a full and sensible answer.
6: Completely. Uh, I asked for a similar comment, which Greg helped facilitate on a different topic, which I got back today. And uh, I am jealous that the one that you received was as complete as it is. uh, The one that I requested, and this was Greg acting as the facilitator compared to the person writing the response, uh, was... As I mentioned in a reply to him, a zero-calorie response. So I don't mean (laughs) to be too shadowy, but um, uh, I'll drop that into something that goes up tomorrow. Um,
0: Uh, What I like is the transparency.
6: What I I like is the transparency of it, and we've
1: seen this before with Imza in in the pre-United Sportscar days um, of. ELMS, we had uh, a great relationship with them. I like to see this relationship carrying on, and I think this is good news for everybody concerned. You might not always agree with the decisions. You might not always agree with what's being said, but the fact that they're prepared to come out and say those type of things I think is a good thing.
6: I completely agree. Uh, We discussed last week that uh, we expected IMSA to remove any doubt. We're no longer going on verbals we're going to publish something numbers we expect Correct. to fall in this whatever range so good to hear that uh, that is happening so let me ask let me ask a question here my mm-hmm. friend so there is about what 12 minutes or so left in the show do we have other topics we want to discuss and if not if we want to stay here i can raise something that might fill the rest of the time that we haven't discussed Go. before Go. on this topic cool so Interesting that in Greg's response uh, – in IMSA's response, I apologize, not Greg's response – uh, they mentioned part of that uh, – part of what was cited, not only you know the expected to fall within a certain performance window, blah, 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 but also if there was any attempts to collude on mm-hmm. data, that could be an area that was triggered. I've heard – and this is a two-part thing – I've heard – not saying this is true, I've heard – and heard it enough or heard it the sources i consider to be strong enough for me to be comfortable to raise it uh, normally i if i didn't think they were i wouldn't raise it at all i've heard that well, we're talking about data collection yeah imsa seeing during the race that the number 29 land motorsport audi r lms gt3 Was approximately five seconds faster Mm -hmm. than the class standard on refueling. Yeah. Well, so that's delivered to IMSA real time through a sensor in the refueling tank on pit lane. And on the car side, there are fuel flow uh, meter measuring devices and whatnot. So they can see, IMSA can see in real time. What's go, how much is going in and how fast it's going Correct. in from the tank. And then on the car side, it can see how much is being consumed at what rate, blah, blah, blah. All right. Well, keep in mind that IMSA saw this five-second speed advantage per pit stop uh, during the race. Mm-hmm. We had discussed last week, Land spent an exceptional amount of time and effort and money yep. to optimize its fuel tank beyond any other standard. The race itself wasn't the first time, for, per my understanding, where that fuel cell was put into action with refueling on pit lane at Daytona. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that during the roar, so this is where the trail gets a little bit fun, my friend. Keep in mind the roar, the beginning of January. There was one live refueling session. That was the Saturday night session. Yes, good point. Uh, We were all told, you know, those of us photographers and whatnot, you got to clear off pit lane uh, because we're going to be doing live refueling. Well, that wasn't just to give teams practice doing refueling for the first time in a couple of months on pit lane. It's also for IMSA to gather refueling time data. So you would say, hmm should not shouldn't IMSA have seen this exceptionally fast refueling during the roar what I have heard again it's a I've heard not a I know it to be fact I've heard that possibly uh, I guess we would have to assume on the refueling tank side um, that data might not have been flowing to IMSA in real time right Um, and so whether that was again we're these are assumptions, folks. We're not making any proclamations. Was that a faulty sensor? Was that something disconnected, a crimped wire? Was it intentional? Was it a mistake? We don't know. But we do know that had that information been flowing during the ROAR, during this live refueling session, IMSA, in theory, would have seen, at least during the one or two or however many uh, practice stops that were done, if there was a full stop refueling uh, effort done uh during that session um in theory that would have been seen at least once and triggered as a whoa yeah. why is the 29 five seconds faster the fact that that didn't happen during the roar from what i'm told uh leads me to believe that imsa was not only massively surprised mm-hmm. uh, during the race but uh this might have been preventable from even happening, had they seen the data at the Roar? Earlier. Been able to see the rate, the data at the Roar and uh, manage this whole thing before we got to the race. Hmm. Mm.
1: You, at the moment, I can almost see you rubbing your chin there. That's very interesting. Uh, Marshall Pro on the line from racer.com. Uh, a couple of bits of other uh, IMSA news. Uh, a couple of new race directors for the IMSA sanctioned single make and challenge series for IMSA, beefing up what is a, a pretty impressive team of, of race directors and officials.
6: Barfield, your days are numbered. <laughs> clearly, clearly IMSA's gunning for them. Uh, Todd Snyder, John Maisky, who are, uh, you know, I guess you could say, being groomed, just as we've seen Kyle Novak, for example, mm. who uh, was officially introduced to the media last weekend at Phoenix as IndyCar's new race director. Uh, you can see that you know is continuing to do what they should do. Good on them. I mean, look, we we look at the feeder series, whether it's a Porsche GT3 Cup challenge usa by yokohama or anything else we look at those series to groom young talent driving talent um although young is usually not a word we would associate with most race directors uh it's also smart of them to say hey these are the places to develop the next bo barfields Correct. not that we're trying to get rid of bo because we actually like him yes. most of us like him some of us <laughs> like him i like him so
4: <laughs> Sorry, this sounds like a Muppet sketch.
6: We're getting right into right
1: into that box at the side of the uh, at the side of the stage there. I, I mean, that's a good point, isn't it? That the development series are a development for teams, for sponsors, for for
6: drivers, for race engineers. Why not race race directors as well? Well, and you also keep in fact that you know more often than not you're dealing with uh, pro-am talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talent that is yet to be super heavily defined in terms of hard edge pros, been through the wars. If you're going to goof up as a race director, I'm just saying you couldn't ask for a better scenario than in one of the uh, development series because, in theory, the stuff that you're not 100% perfect on and you're still learning on, well, they're doing the same in the cars. So if they're going to come bark at you, you know, A, they're probably less prone to, but B, I mean, I'm being a little bit silly here, but I like the idea here. It's not as if making a, a mistake as a race director in one of the uh, training series is any less or any more forgivable right. or less serious. But at the same time, uh, this isn't going to be international headlines uh, if you know you're having to. If I would rather people be making mistakes here than learning on the job in the WeatherTech sports car. No, uh, and,
1: championship. Uh, John Maseke's been in race control over a, a number of seasons now. Sure. He? He'll be GT, Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama and the uh, the, the Ultra 94 uh, GT3 Cup Challenge Canada by Yokohama, the, the Canadian series, uh, which is the sister or brother series. Uh, Todd has already is uh, already um in charge of two series i think the super trophy on ferrari challenge and he's going to take on the imza prototype challenge presented by mazda as well so i mean it's not as if these guys have been dragged in off the street we should say uh, they have got some experience of of, of race control and in, in todd's case of actually being race director i, I like this um i, I like um the Imsa family um, sort of promoting from within and, and under the stewardship of, of Bob Barfield. I mean, he's he's now taken back uh, responsibility for the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, um, and uh, he's the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship race director as well. And they all kind of work together. I, I think it's a good team. Um, I, I, I think it's a nice move, and. Once again, you know, we're, we're not necessarily um, uh, waiting for these guys to trip up. What we're seeing is, is well done, Imza, and I, I think that's pretty good. Um, Marshall's on the line. Marshall Pruitt is on the line from uh, California. Uh, coming up, we've got the tests uh, at Sebring International Raceway. Uh, the, the, uh, I suppose the, the spring test coming up. Uh, are we expecting any surprises uh, at that? And we, we've got an exclusive announcement next week, by the way. He Ooh. says trailing uh, that about uh, an entrant into the WeatherTech Championship. Um, any, any big surprises or is it business as usual once the guys get down to, to Sebring?
6: Well, at least looking through the entry list, which contains 14 prototypes, eight GT Le Mans cars, we saw nine. At Daytona, that's because Corvette, at least on the the entry list I've seen, they're only sending one hot rod instead of both, and then we have 13 cars in GTD, which is a pretty significant This is for the test,
1: by the way, but before anybody worries about the mobile one, 12 hours of sabering presented by Advance Auto Parts, this is for the test, not the race itself, yeah.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're not expecting the the same number of European teams that made the trek for uh, the Rolex 24 to come over strictly for a test. So these numbers will come up. I mean, it all looks fairly normal to me. The one, I guess, work list item that definitely stands out that I think many of us will be watching is BMW Team RLL Mm -hmm. in BMW of North America's beautiful new BMW M8. GTLMs, Uh, there were not smiley faces in the uh, Roundel camp at the Rolex 24. We've discussed that. We know that the the new BMW was not quick like a bunny during its debut. Uh, A statement produced by BMW made it clear that they expected uh, the IMSA technical department to make the cars more balanced among the others. This I know is going to be among the many things IMSA will be doing—a significant point uh, to get sorted at Sebring because two races in a row uh, with the BMWs, you know, looking like you know, effectively uh, leading GTD cars instead of competitive GTLM cars would not be acceptable. Mm.
1: Uh, MP thanks very much indeed Uh, you and I need to get together and do an indie preview uh, soon for broadcast Uh, but for the moment uh, we'll say thank you and good afternoon as it is to you Marshall over there on the left hand course
6: cheers mate. Thanks, brother. We also need to record another Radio Lamar podcast with you to tell some stories. I, I've been getting flack. We've promised that for more than a year. It's my fault for not getting it done.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. I'm not sure the statute of limitations has run out on some of the things we can talk about. <laughs> Cheers, brother. See you soon.
3: Thanks, my man. Bye
1: bye. Marshall Pruitt from uh, Racer.com. Um, just a, a quick note of housekeeping uh, on that uh, Sebring spring test, the wheels down. Winter test, as I think it used to be called, but it's effectively a it spring test. Uh, Shay Adam will be covering that for us, so we've got a couple of special shows coming up. Is that next week, Tim? Or the week after?
3: Uh, Yes, it's the. Um... <laughs> yes, it's one of those. Is it next one week or the those. week after? Yes.
1: Yes. It's the Excellent. 19th and 20th. Oh, that's next week then. Uh, yes, that's next
3: week. At 10pm okay. on each day.
1: 10pm UK each day. Yes. Um, Share Adam's usual trot round the paddock. Uh, and then we'll try and get you on, on the Wednesday show next week. Uh, yes, on... you're filling
2: for me because I'm not here. You're not here. I'm in Hanover.
1: And we have a, an exclusive next week. <laughs> an an IMSA exclusive next week uh, about... Uh, I'm not going to tell you what about because I don't want anybody to guess or try and guess what it is. We tyres, um, hospitality. All of the tyres.
3: <laughs> and the tyres
1: and the tyres um, we have an IMSA exclusive next week which has already been recorded but we are respecting the embargo as we always do here uh, that will be next week's show couple of uh, quickies before we leave you tonight Tim
3: uh, yes uh, of, uh, during the course of the show I found out that uh, Adam uh has yep. uh, watched the episode of Slubs Go Dating with Seb Morris in it and uh, is now laughing uh, uncontrollably uh, just to prove that we're live tonight, uh, Leones FC nil, Jaguar de Córdoba nil at Where's half-time. no No,
1: no, no, you can't do that, you've just got to give the scores.
3: Ah, uh, okay. Is that like a Spanish Division 2 game? No, that's a Colombian Liga Aguila. Of course it is. Uh, League of Beer? Half, half-time. It, it is Christina. sponsored by the beer company, yes. Yeah. We well,
2: an early kick-off, The half-time League already. League of Beer, excellent. Or
1: oh, Cristina Aguila, obviously. Uh, mm. let's get that. Anyway, carry on.
3: I didn't realise you were such a stop. Uh, Just move on. Just move on now. I should not connoisseur of Colombian beer or Excellent. South American. Like a lot Colombian products.
1: Well are you impressed with that?
3: I am a little. Yes. yes. Moving on. Um, and I think that's all I can say apart <gasps> from congratulations to a driver who I can't name uh, because it's still under embargo. Ah,
1: right. Oh, well, well done for that then. Dynamics. Whoever Team dynamics. Yes.
3: Well done to him.
1: Oh, Tim, you have no idea how smug Damon is looking (laughs) now. Nick Damon looking tremendously smug right in front of me at this very moment. Mm. Have a good guess uh, thank you to all who've contributed tonight to the Responsible Adult uh, and to our executive producer Tim Gray up in London if you haven't listened to our announcement WEC and Le Mans announcement programme really catch up. it was, uh, it was interesting uh, not least because we uh, had me struggling like a Uh, puppy in a swimming pool at one stage trying to get things to to stay faded up Um, but interesting to hear graham's uh, analysis of that as it happened Uh, next week we're back at the same time no nick damon but we'll try and get shay on instead and the rest of the crew and those two special shows from shay monday and tuesday 10 o'clock uk time as she stalks the paddock of sebring Uh, but there's no time to explain the llama is about to become an emoji